what you do in a B-movie. The end is a little bit ridiculous. I was unsurprised to see that. And it's sweet! Oh my gosh, you guys need to go watch it. It's so good. It's so good. I want to watch it again. Travelers, and welcome once again to the Before and After Show. As always, I'm your co-host, MJ Smith. And I'm your other co-host, Corey Tyndall. And unfortunately, we had Aaron Perlman booked again for this week, but he got sick, so uh. he was <laughs> unable to join us for the recording of this podcast. We miss um, you, Aaron. We do. It was really fun having you on. Yes. You're welcome back anytime. You're a great guest. Uh, if you haven't listened to the episode that he actually was on. He was on last week's episode before X-Men Apocalypse. Yeah. Go check it out. It's a really fun episode. I really like recording it. Aaron's an awesome guy. He uh, knows his movies. He does. Yes. He really yes. does. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you can follow him at Aaron's Weather on Twitter and Facebook. He's got a Facebook page for Aaron Perlman. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's on 29 Eyewitness News every morning doing the weather and the afternoon joyride yep. on Life FM. Yeah. Right? And, yeah, he sent us a small, small, small review, um, and we'll get to that when the time is right in the X-Men section, but yeah, we just wanted to say up front that uh, it was a good time, sorry you couldn't be here, but we're here, and we're here to talk about (laughs) X-Men Apocalypse, but before we do that, um, Corey, have you been watching anything this week? I have not really watched a ton of stuff. Um, I like... I I have movies on my docket of like okay these are things I want to watch but I haven't actually got to watch them. I watched like half an hour of Big on Saturday. <laughs> All right. So I mean there you go. Um, I mean I've seen Big before. It was just it happened to be on, but I actually want to watch Money Pit sometime soon because I've never oh. seen it. Oh I love that movie. So I. <laughs> Don't think I've ever... I think I've seen all of Big, but I don't think I've ever sat through Big all in one sitting. Really? Yeah, it's one of those movies that I feel like I've seen everything in it, just in chunks. Like, yeah. I feel that way about A Christmas Story. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen it all the way through. Yeah. Just sitting down to watch it, but I feel like I've seen the whole movie. Yeah. Um, there's a few movies like that, and that's... I think Big is one of them. Yeah, it's one of them. It's like, oh, I know what happens, but I always see, like... And you tend to see the same, like, section. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's like, oh, there it is. Okay. So... Besides that, nothing else really major. I had, like, a pretty busy weekend. Mm. We celebrated your birthday. That was yeah. fun. Yep, that's true. That was a good time. Um, what about you? Yeah, I saw this movie called The Witch. Uh, oh, yeah, that came out a couple a couple months ago, right? And it was, yeah. like, a small release. No, it was a wide release, actually. It came to it came to Bakersfield, but I just didn't get a chance to see it. In oh, okay, years. but it was an indie film, right? Yes, that wasn't expecting a wide release. No, I don't think so. It got a lot of buzz uh, at film festivals. It got mm-hmm. picked up by A twenty four, who's a big indie distributor right now. Mm-hmm. Um, our hometown actually gets a lot of A twenty four movies, which I kind of like. Oh, that's sweet. Yep. Um, but it was okay. The big thing with the movie is that it was like Satanist approved. And oh. <laughs> yeah, um, so the movie the movie is about this sort of I don't know sixteen hundreds family. Yeah, it's pre Salem witch trials. Okay, 
and they get kicked out of their community for some reason, and they are forced to move kind of on the outskirts of their community. And once they move to their new homestead, just some weird stuff starts happening. Like, yeah. the baby gets taken, and um, and eventually, like, snowballs and snowballs into everyone in the family dies except uh, the oldest daughter. Yeah. And... Uh, it was, you know, it's it's kind of a horror movie, kind of not, more like a thriller. It's not, I don't, I didn't do any research as to why it was Satanist approved. I yeah. think part of it is because ultimately <laughs> darkness does win in the end. They're a very pious family. They're highly oh. religious. Yeah. Um, and the movie seems to be making this sort of statement about, Raising children in a hyper-religious environment or a hyper-Christian environment yeah. can really damage them. And the type of Christianity on display, I mean, I know we don't talk about it a lot on the mm -hmm. podcast, but we're both Christians and we yeah. subscribe to the faith Christianity. Mm -hmm. The type of Christian faith on display mm -hmm. is very abusive. Oh, okay. Um, so I understand why they would be making that point. And it doesn't seem like it... I don't know. It's weird <laughs> because it doesn't seem like it's actually making that point about all of Christianity. Like, yeah. it doesn't seem like it goes far enough in pushing its agenda, which even though it's an agenda I don't subscribe to or agree yeah. with, I feel like it does have an agenda, but it just doesn't really care about so, it. So, like, it started and then it kind of died off halfway? No, it sticks around, but it's a very specific type of Christian belief. Okay. And so because of that, it's like, it's it, as a Christian watching the movie, it was like, well, that's not how literally almost anyone I know believes. Like, I've yeah. known people who believe that way, but even not to the extreme that he does. Yeah. So it's really like a warning tale about extremism, but yeah. Yeah. Like, I get that. So, I, I don't know. It, it was... And also, it was... It was much sillier than I anticipated. Um, is it? It's a horror film, horror thriller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, there's like a, a witch in it, and like the, one of the opening scenes is, uh, and we don't see anything, but one of the opening scenes is she murders a baby and oh. bathes in its blood. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not particularly graphic yeah, about yeah. that, um, you know. But you you understand that's what happens. <laughs> yeah. But it's more creepy imagery than like actual like tension and scares, which is fine. Yeah. There's something to be said about that. There's some good creepy moments in that. Um, she kidnaps the the middle son or the oldest son and, like, returns him back. And he has, like, a really creepy scene. And that's, like, probably the biggest scare of the movie. But it's really more su sustained getting under your skin type moments rather than, like, gore or, like, a jump scare okay. or something like that. So it, it's more effective, I think. I think that's that's a type of horror I like. But there's just some really silly elements to it oh. that I I don't think were supposed <laughs> to be silly, but played really silly to me. I could be in the minority, but it's it's a really popular uh, horror movie. It's kind of like last year's It Follows, yeah. Um, which you know It Follows kind of had a silly premise as well, but it, a little bit leaned into it. It leaned into it enough to accept it. Yeah, the witch plays <laughs> takes itself very seriously, and so the sillier stuff, I was like. It was kind of silly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> that was very, that was a very silly moment. Um, it's spoken in, or it's written in period accurate dialogue, which oh, was kind cool. of, yeah, that was kind of cool. It took some getting used to. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't too bad. And, uh, I mean, the performances are pretty good in it. I don't know any of the actors in it, but the woman who plays the daughter is really good. The guy who plays the dad is really good. Yeah. I really liked his performance in it. Um, yeah, it was it was okay. I don't know, maybe it was just overhyped for me. Yeah. Um 
I like I said, I don't honestly <laughs> know why Satanists were like, yay, this movie, but they were. I, yeah. I mean, like I said, ultimately, I think it's because, quote, like, Satan, quote unquote, wins in the end yeah. of the movie, but it didn't really feel like. I don't know. Like, it didn't really feel like a slap in the face to me yeah. either. Um, so it, I feel like it was just kind of, it was, it was fine. Yeah. Like, it's not poorly put together or poorly made, but I don't know. I think I may have just been expecting even more yeah. from it. Um, you know, the witch was sufficiently creepy, but she wasn't in it enough. Oh. Yeah. She had like, there's like one scene where you see her face. Yeah. Um, I don't know. The end was kind of, that was the silliest part. The end was very silly. Was it like a open to your own interpretation ending, or I read a <laughs> uh, review on it. I wanted to get a Christian perspective on it, so I looked up Alyssa Wilkinson's review from Christianity Today. Yeah, and she said that the end was very ambiguous, and the end is extremely not ambiguous. Oh, <laughs> it takes a very hard stance on what happens. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, Shruggy Guy, it was fine. I haven't written a review about it because, uh, eh. Maybe. But, yeah. <laughs> it, it's hard to write about movies that are just okay. Yeah. Like, or movies that you feel, like, pretty middle of the road on. Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't know, there's, like, a goat <laughs> that's a demon in it, and he's cool, I guess. Like, <laughs> his name was Black Phillip, and he was, like, the best part of the movie. Yeah, Black Phillip. Yeah, he was cool. I don't know. <laughs> he stabbed a guy with his horns. I've never seen that in a movie. <laughs> All right. Yep. But other than that, he talks at the end. I'm down for a talking goat. One of my favorite horror movies of all times has a, has a, has a talking goat in it. So oh. there's, there's like a scene, spoilers, I guess, towards the end where <laughs> the main girl goes and like she figures out that black philip has kind of been behind it all and may not actually be a goat but might actually be a demon yeah and uh she goes and like starts to talk to this goat because she has like two twin uh siblings who are younger than her that that say they talk to the goat yeah and so she's like well just for my own sake i'm gonna go talk to this goat i know it's probably not gonna talk back yeah but so she goes and she's like hey like i mean (laughs) she's not like hey black philip like (laughs) What up, brother? Like, she's, <laughs> she's like, hey, like, you know, talk to me. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. And uh, the whole time I just being, I remember just being like, oh, man, I really hope this goat talks. I really hope <laughs> this goat talks. And he did. And so that one in my book, there was a talking goat. You're like, yeah. Yep. The last talking goat movie I saw was Drag Me to Hell, and I love that movie. So oh, I yeah, was like, you do. all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, eh, it yeah. was fine. It was, eh, I... It follows. It follows was much more deserving of the praise it got last year than the witch was. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think the movie Green Room might be oh, yeah. the movie this year that is actually. Deserving Did you go see that? Pre- no, but I really want to. Yeah, um, it sounds like an interesting premise. Yeah, I've heard it's pretty like yeah. violent. Yeah, it's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah, but it's got a really solid trailer. Yeah, a really solid trailer. Um, yeah, so that's. Uh, I watched a couple other things, but that's kind of the main thing I wanted to talk about. Was yeah. Like, um, so yeah, let's talk some news. Let's talk some movie news. What do you want to talk about? Uh, James Bond might be new. Yeah. Um, Tom Hiddleston is reportedly in talks to be the new James Bond. Yeah. Although, rumor has it that, uh, Jamie... Oh gosh, what's his name? Jamie Foxx. Jamie no. Foxx. <laughs> Jamie Foxx is the new... <laughs> 
<laughs> James Bond. Um, Get on board with it, people. That would be hilarious. <laughs> uh, just because everyone is like, Idris Elba should be it. Yeah. And then they're like, nope, Jamie Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Uh, Jamie Bell. Uh, Jamie Bell is also reportedly in talks to be new James Bond. And Jamie Bell, he played uh, Ben Grimm in the new Fantastic Four. He also played Tintin in oh, The okay. Adventures of Tintin. Okay. Uh, which is hilarious to me because he's actually a fairly, like, handsome guy. Like, he's clearly handsome because he's being considered for the role of James Bond. Yeah. But his probably two most well-known roles are... Uh, Buried in CGI. Yeah, that... Has he just been minor characters in these other films? Like, I saw he was in Jumper, and, uh... No, I think he was the, like, the antagonist in Jumper. Oh. Yep. He was in Defiance. I do not remember him in that movie. Is that that Daniel Craig Craig movie? movie? Yeah, Yeah, I don't remember him in that either. Uh, Yeah, I guess he's a main person in that. He's the brother of Daniel Craig that he goes and... Oh, all right. Yeah, did not. I missed that because it's, it's the three brothers. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I like Defiance. I thought I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was a good movie. Yep. Yeah, he's best known for playing Billy Elliot in the movie Billy Elliot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he uh, he's fine. I'm fine with him. Uh, Tom Hiddleston. I like that guy. I think he'll be a good James Bond. Yeah. Um, I kind of wish they would cast unknown people. As James Bond? That'd be fun. I don't know. But I feel like with a property like Bond, they'd probably... I don't know. That'd be a very risky move. I mean, Daniel Craig wasn't necessarily a household name. Yeah. So, I mean, it can work. He's one of the best Bonds ever. Uh, You know, Sean Connery really wasn't a household name until Bond. Uh, George Lazenby certainly wasn't. (laughs) He was an Australian model. Oh, yeah. Uh... Roger Moore kind of wasn't either. Like the, Bond has had a history of being played by unknown people who are suddenly launched into mm-hmm. stardom. I think kind of like Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, actors who play Doctor Who usually start off in obscurity. Yeah. Um, and then become crazy popular. Yep. And I think we've seen that with James Bond. Uh, Pierce Brosnan was pretty recognizable because he was on Remington Steel, mm-hmm. the television show. But... I mean, I love the Bond franchise. Uh, yeah. It's one of my favorites. You know, I've seen all of them, uh, some of them multiple times, and I have very strong opinions on them, and I've yes, watched you do. every special feature <laughs> on, on all of the Blu-rays from the 50th anniversary set. So, you know, I think that it'll be good to get new blood in there. Mm-hmm. I think Daniel Craig has kind of had his run. Yeah. I don't know if I would necessarily want him to stick around for, for one more. more. I feel like it would be very disingenuous if he did. Well, the um, director's leaving too, right? Sam Mendes yeah. is leaving, which I'm excited about because I do not like Sam Mendes as a director. <laughs> uh, I actually like Spectre more than I like Skyfall, which he directed both of them. But, you know, I mean, Martin Campbell, who directed Casino Royale, like that guy. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Uh, get him to Give us that all. bond, yeah. Yeah, get him to direct <laughs> all the bonds. I think, uh, I think I totally understand why... They want Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. He is very uh, suave and charming and manipulative yeah. in like, all the right ways. I mean, to a certain extent, Loki exhibits a lot of Bond qualities. Yeah, and I feel like they might be trying to... You know, you could say like Daniel Craig's Bond was like 
I don't know, like this kind of, you saw the genesis of Bond at the beginning and kind of, you know, how he grew up to be Inspector and stuff. But maybe they're kind of thinking like, maybe we want to take like a slightly different angle. Because I, I mean, like Daniel Craig was kind of like suave and stuff, but I don't feel like that was his primary front no, runner thing. he was more like a brawler. Yeah, I felt like more of like he's kind of an action rough and tumble guy. He's not one of those like, I mean, he still sweeps the women off their feet because he's James Bond, but like that's not what he led with, it right. felt like. And right. so with Tom Hiddleston, I feel like they could cast that and, like, that would be the foot he leads with. He's yeah. very charming and kind of, like, schwarmy and, you know, like, knows how to get into different situations and, yeah. Yeah, and I think it'd be cool to see, like, Bond go in that direction again. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, each Bond movie is a direct reaction to the last Bond movie. <laughs> so uh, it, it's got a history <laughs> of, like... If you see him get, like, insane in one, it'll be very subdued in the next, and then insane in the next one. (laughs) Uh, It's, there's, there's, they just operate at two extremes. Like, it's either very (laughs) subdued or just over-the-top bananas crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's one of the the quirks and charms of of the James Bond franchise. But I think it seems like Spectre got a little over-the-top for a lot of people. (laughs) And uh, they may be trying to bring that back. And I think Hiddleston is probably a really good choice to bring it into. Yeah. Um. As far as, you know, the other stuff that, that mm-hmm. goes along with Bond or the talks around Bond with Idris Elba, you know, um, I'm fine with that, too. Yeah. I don't, like, I don't know. I don't have, like, a strong <laughs> opinion on uh, yeah. race swapping the yeah. guy. What about female? They were talking that for a yeah, little bit. Yeah, Julian Anderson said she wanted to be James Bond. <sighs> I don't understand that at all. Like Jamie I, Bond. Is that I, what she said? I didn't read I, any of what she said, but it doesn't make any sense yeah. to me. Like, it would be super weird if you were just like, okay, this next Bond movie is going to have a lady in it. But, like, is she still going to be called James Bond? I don't... I like, think she could. I, I, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know enough about it to really have an opinion about yeah, it. Although, at that passing. point, why, like, just make an original, like, female spy movie. Yeah. Why does it have to be tied into that franchise? Um, you know, I mean, that's how I feel about a lot of that stuff, where yeah. it's like, we'll make this person a different race or a different gender, and it's like, well, give someone of a different race or a different gender an original property in yeah. that same style of movie, and then, you know, we can increase the amount of original IPs out there, and they can still fall into certain categories, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, there are several spy franchises going on right now. We have yeah. Bond and Mission Impossible and... Man uh, from Uncle. Hopefully that's a franchise. I and hope. Kingsman. <laughs> um, but, you know, so why not add something else in there that's like, this one's a lady spy. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think it's very um, narrowing to just say, oh, I want to be in that iconic one rather than like, I'm going to forge my own path. Yeah. Um, and do this, like, crazy, like, cool lady spy or cool yeah. black guy spy, you know? Um, I, I don't, like I said, I'm still fine if, yeah, I don't know yeah. where they're like, it's a Drizel, but I'd be like, yeah. that's fine. I okay, like Drizel, but yeah, like, let's do it. Yeah, he's good. Um, but I don't really, I don't know. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> maybe <laughs> like I'm not the right person to talk to about that. You're just like, you just don't have strong opinions either. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even with, I mean, we'll get into this in July with like the Ghostbusters thing. Like, yeah. ah, whatever. Like, I don't understand why there couldn't be like a different property, like a new, <laughs> like, para- lady paranormal investigators movie. Like, why it has to like have the Ghostbusters franchise yeah. to get name on it. But also, I don't really like, 
identify <laughs> super strongly with the Ghostbusters franchise, so it's fi- like I'm fine. Yeah, you're not like one of the people out in the streets, like yeah, so mad about it. Yeah, yeah. like I, so I don't know. Well, I mean, well. Well, spoilers, we'll talk about Ghostbusters soon. Yeah, so, I don't know, maybe I'm the wrong guy to talk about all this, uh, like, all the, like, race and gender political stuff, because I'm just like, eh, I don't care, really, like, I just hope it's good. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all I, I just hope it's good. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't really care who's playing it, I just hope that it's a quality thing for me to enjoy. You want quality films. Yeah, yep, and that, like, that trumps everything else for me. Yeah. Like, do what you want, but just make it good. It's cool if there's, like, different people or, you know, different ethnicities or whoever, but I just want, it like, a good product. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, I definitely um, take note of diversity when yeah. it's done super yeah. well. Like, Star Wars, I thought, was crazy yeah. diverse. and like Or Creed. It, or Creed, or even um, the Fast and Furious franchise, I think, is insanely diverse and the perfect way to do it. Mm-hmm. So, I think there's, like, a spot for it. I don't know. I just feel like it has to feel very organic. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I we don't think... want to feel like here's the token this person, and here's a female, and yeah. here's like the this. Yeah, I want it to feel organic, like yeah. it fits in the world. Well, and I don't want like I think it's very reductive to be like, okay, well, there has to be a black guy on this one. Yeah, has to, like it seems like you're just reducing people, like actual human yeah, beings, it to be like, like a quota. Yeah, to yeah. a quota. And that's it, you know? And I understand that, like, our world, especially here in America, like, it does look very different. Yes. Um, you know, mm-hmm. so it does, even when it, like, when it is a bunch of white guys standing around, it's like, well, that isn't how the world is. Yeah. Like, I understand that as well. But, um, yeah, I don't, I, I just think, like, your heart has to be in the right place yeah. for it, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think it's cool to have, like, heroes that kids who look like these people can look up to yeah you know yeah. like that was one of the things one of my favorite moments in creed is when he's riding the 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 kids are riding the dirt bike oh yeah um and it's like slow motion and then like mm-hmm. the the super cool creed theme is yeah in, and then it blends with the rocky theme yeah it's so good that's what it like a great moment but it's like these kids they don't have this guy this like philadelphia hero they can look up yeah. to who's not rocky and looks like them mm-hmm. and is close to their age and so i think I think that is important. I think we do need that. Yeah. But I just think that, that there are better ways to go about it than yeah. what we're doing right now. And I think we may be getting to that point, but it's just some growing pains yeah. right now, maybe. Yeah, definitely. So, we'll see. Yeah. Um, this took a weird weird turn, but I liked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's uh, that's our thoughts on uh, Hiddleston as Bond, I guess. Yeah. It kind of like, didn't how did we get a... here, yes. <laughs> yeah, but we'll take a short break and we'll be right back to talk about uh, X-Men Apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And we're back. Yes, we and are. And we are here to talk about X-Men Apocalypse. Yes. The latest entry into the X-Men franchise. If you listened last week, uh, myself and Corey and Aaron Perlman tried to kind of decode the X-Men franchise. <laughs> yes. And it is very difficult to do such a thing. Yep. Very convoluted. Yes. Very, very convoluted. But we tried and... Uh, that led us here to uh, X-Men Apocalypse, which takes place in 1983. Yep. There's an ancient uh, mutant uh, named something Egyptian. Yep. And <laughs> he has been buried under the pyramids for thousands of years. Yep. He's been woken up by Moira McTaggart. 
and uh, has come back to the Earth uh, to wreak havoc against consumerism and <laughs> make Professor X bald. Yes. And that's about it. There's also a group of new mutants, not the new mutants, but there's nope. a new group of mutants. Um, we see Cyclops and Jean Grey and Jubilee stands around again. Yay! And uh, Quicksilver's back, Magneto's back, yeah. uh, Mystique's back, you know. We have Nightcrawler. all the same characters. Nightcrawler is introduced. Yes, uh, Angel is introduced. Yeah. Psylocke is kind of there. there. <laughs> um, you know, there, there is Storm is there. Yeah. Uh, you know, so so we see younger versions of characters we've seen before, and sort of new takes on some of these characters. Mm-hmm. The timeline has been blown up since Days of Future Past has happened. So. Yeah. If you saw this movie and you were really confused and you were like, I thought Nightcrawler did this, I thought Nightcrawler did this, that <laughs> makes perfect sense, but just know that the first three movies no longer count as X-Men movies anymore, yes. <sighs> so the timeline is completely different. I don't know why the Days of Future Past timeline has now made uh, Nightcrawler be born super early or made Art uh, Angel yeah. be born to different parents, Yeah, but it's happened. Yep. Um, loopholes. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but, yeah, so, th- I mean, it, it sounds like we're poking fun at the movie, and there's a lot, I think, to poke fun of, but, mm-hmm. I mean, Corey, what, uh, what did you think of X-Men Apocalypse? Did it live up to your expectations? Was it worse? Was it better? So, a lot of this that you guys are hearing right now is going to be me, like, verbally processing this movie, <laughs> because when I saw it, um... I think I tweeted something like, oh yeah, I saw X-Men Apocalypse, and it just happened in front of my eyes, and I'm kind of, I'm feeling like, meh. I just didn't, mm-hmm. there, there is, there's a lot of things to ruminate about on this film. Um, I mean, and I don't mean that in a way that's like, this is like the best superhero film I've ever seen. There's so much, and it's so deep and complex, or like, there's so many things wrong that like, I have to categorize a list. There's just like, it's a very long movie. There's lots to think about. Yes. So, a lot of this is me verbally processing this because I haven't really discussed this film with anybody yet or even really because usually I try to sit down after a film and kind of just like kind of put my thoughts into like what did I generally feel about that and I just didn't get a chance to do that so all that to say we saw the movie and I mean it was fine um I I liked it and then I didn't like it it's like Mm -hmm. it's, it's weird um it has a lot of potential, mm-hmm. I felt like. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were talking off mic. I think there was a good movie buried in this movie. And there are a lot of things I did enjoy about this film. But there was a lot of stuff that just seemed so long. Or it seemed kind of like, like we said, there was characters that were just there. There were some parts of the plot that just felt like they just were there. Um, so yeah, I mean, like, it's it's middle of the road. Um it's been a while since I've seen a lot of the other X-Men films, but it's definitely better than a couple of them, I can say, yeah. off, right off the bat. So, What about you, MJ? I liked it. Um, I actually was very entertained by it. Yeah. Um, I will say that it is long. Like you yes. said, it's very long. <laughs> it's way too long. I think the text I sent to uh, Mike Moray after the show was... Mike Moray! <clears throat> it's over long. It's too slow. The CGI is inexcusably bad yep. i liked it <laughs> um, and he was like that makes some strange amount of sense to me i liked watching these characters interact with each other i think 
with the exception of maybe Psylocke and Jubilee, <laughs> every character was done pretty good justice. Yeah, and yeah. I think they made up for um, some of the mistakes they've made in the past with these characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Angel specifically. He also doesn't have a ton to do. Yeah. But his transformation from Angel into Archangel was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, kind of like unnecessarily a little graphic. <laughs> it was, but also they set it to the Metallica song yeah. before Horseman, and I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, so, it, it, I mean, it is, it is a mixed bag of a movie yes, that I yes. ultimately enjoyed. But there's a lot to not like, and there's a lot to like. And I yeah. think the thing is that when I liked the stuff, I really liked the stuff. Yeah. I, I, first thing out of my mouth has to be Michael Fassbender is the best actor of his generation mm-hmm. by far. I, that guy can act his way out of any situation. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, um, you know, there's this moment where he is working at a steel mill. Yeah, He goes back to the steel mill to confront these guys who outed him as a mutant. And Apocalypse and his three horsemen at that point show up like behind him and there's he takes this pause and he turns around and he says, "Who the f are you?" <laughs> but I had that line figured out completely right before he said it, and so when it showed up, he did this pause and the look in his eyes said that exact same line to me. Yeah. So even before he said the line in my brain, I went, "Who the f are you?" Yeah. And then he turns around and says it, and I was like, "He conveyed that to me just yeah. by his face." Yeah. And then there's this great moment near the end of the movie. When he's talking to Professor X after all is said and yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, I was going to mention that. And yeah. he gives this small little smile. to I don't even remember what Professor X says, but he gives this, like, half he's talking, smile. He's talking about, like, uh, Charles is talking to him kind of about, like, how do you get involved with this and stuff. And basically kind of like, he says, Charles, what would you do if they came for your students? And, like, Charles is like, that would be, like, a very bad day or whatever. Basically kind of, like, validating how Magneto reacted when they came for, like, you know, I mean, his wife and his kid yeah. ended up dying. Spoilers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and he just gives this little smile that, uh, man, yeah, I really liked that moment. It was such a subtle little yeah. moment, but I was like, man. Mm-hmm. Fassbender, man. Freaking Michael Fassbender. Yeah. He's such a good actor. Um, you know, there are several moments when his wife and child die. Yeah. Like, I felt that, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, partially because I couldn't believe that a little girl got shot with an arrow in a superhero movie. Yeah. Uh, that was bananas to me. And then he goes from that to immediately uh, destroying Auschwitz. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, there's some intense stuff in the movie. And it's very violent. Yes. Uh, all the way around. I think it's one of the most violent PG-13 movies I have ever seen. Yeah. Uh, from the beginning. Yep. Even, like, with uh, Oscar Isaac's character Apocalypse, like, all that stuff. It's like, oh, okay, this is the tone of this film. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a dude who gets turned into a cube at the beginning of this oh, movie. He yeah. just, like, gets crumpled into this cube. Oh, yeah. And I was like, what? What is this? Uh, people frequently get turned into skeletons. Yep. Uh, the way Apocalypse goes out is very reminiscent of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Um, heads come off. Yeah, heads come off. Uh, throats get slit. It's a it's yeah. an intense movie. 
as far as violence, like brutal. It's <laughs> I. It's got to be pushing the envelope of a PG thirteen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I liked that a lot <laughs> in some moments, which is weird to say. And then in other <laughs> moments, I was like, yeah, that's weird. Yeah. Yeah. But I feel like um, I feel like that was probably the standout thing to me is how yeah. violent it was, and I feel like it kind of drove home some other stuff. Yeah. Um, I don't feel like it was. Um, gratuitously violent yeah. necessarily i feel like it hammered in kind of the weight of the situation of like if the most powerful mutant to ever exist were to show up yeah uh, this is what would happen mm-hmm. and uh, um yeah i liked that uh, i didn't like jubilee she just stood around yep. i didn't like psylocke she just stood around yeah uh the horsemen in general yeah kind of felt like, why are they there? I Once, mean, they're all good characters, and then yeah. they become horsemen, and they're useless. Yep. Like, Storm's Genesis, I thought it was, like, really interesting. Mm-hmm. It's cool to see her world. But, yeah, if she becomes a horseman, oh, okay, you kind of suck now. Same with Magneto. I mean, yeah. like, he that was, like, emotionally gripping. Like, seeing him, like, trying to live normal again, and basically all of that being ripped away from him. Mm-hmm. Basically being like, you know, you guys make me this. Yeah. You make me, like be this person I don't want to be. And all that stuff's really compelling, but it's like when the horsemen are all together, it's like, why do you have horsemen? Like, what's the point of them? So let's talk about Apocalypse. Um, mm-hmm. What did what did you think about him as a villain? So here's the thing. Michael Fassbender is the greatest actor of his generation. Oscar Isaac is the greatest actor of his generation. <laughs> I really think that guy is going to go on to a ton of awards Yeah, very soon. I think, uh, man... Um, Oscar Isaac is so good, and I liked his performance in this movie. Um, some people didn't. They thought it was over the top, and there are moments where it's pretty campy. Yeah. Uh, the specific moment everyone (laughs) points to is he leans his hand against this television set, and (laughs) uh, Storm says, what are you doing? And he goes, learning. And it's real stupid. Yeah. (laughs) And I understand that it's real stupid, but I think Oscar Isaac understands that it's real stupid, and so it's okay. Yeah. He plays it with a certain camp. Yeah. And I like that. And I think he understood that that's the way to play the character. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't, what did you think about Apocalypse? I was, I was kind of like mixed on him, and I don't know if that's, like, Oscar Isaac's performance I thought was really good. I just feel like maybe some of the problem with Apocalypse, um... <clears throat> the character, like, kind of lied in the screenplay. Mm-hmm. And there was times where I would really get the sense of, like, oh, crap, like, Apocalypse and, like, the power that he has and kind of his whole, why, like, why he's doing this. And then there's other times where I'd feel like, I don't, I don't feel like there is enough of his rhetoric developed of, like, why did we, like, why are we doing this? Like, you know, like, when he disarms uh, all the nukes and stuff, it's kind of like like lightly glossed over it's like why are you doing that apocalypse yeah. just just because you can i mean like that's sweet but why are you doing that so stuff like that it just kind of felt like inconsistent i like him as a villain i think his whole kind of he kind of has like this god complex of like you know i I've, I've been the god that all these different people and religions have worshiped over all this time and i've accumulated like lived all these lives and stuff and i think that's really interesting but there's some points where I feel like that's not developed enough. I feel like we don't get a full grasp of everything he can do. His powers aren't clearly outlined. So it's like, 
okay, you can kill people and, like, turn them into sand or, like, disintegrate them and stuff, but then how come, like, when the X-Men show up, that's not yes. what you go to? And, I mean, like, you know, I had a little internal debate with myself. It's like he has this kind of weird philosophy, too, that's kind of explored that he's, like, their father, and he's like, oh, my children, I've returned. Mm -hmm. you've, you've been misguided, and I'm here to correct that. And so maybe it's, like... He feels like a weird paternal father figure to all the mutants and stuff, but I don't know. Things like that were kind of inconsistent for me. So it's like, the X-Men show up. If he seriously is the most powerful mutant, why isn't it just like he snaps his finger and then it's done? Well, I mean, that's the same argument that you could use with, like, Darth Vader and Luke fighting in Empire Strikes Back. Like, yeah. Vader could kill Luke. I mean, he has the knowledge that yeah. Luke is his yeah. son at that point. yeah. But, I mean, I, I think that's a very um, Star Warsian argument to have. Mm -hmm. Like, it seems like the Force is available when it serves the plot best. Yes. In, and I don't, I mean, in every single one, of, <laughs> like, across the board, all seven Star Wars movies yeah. suffer from that. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so many problems that come up in the Star Wars movies. It's like, uh, that dude has the Force. Why doesn't he just yeah, use the Force? Yeah. So I think that there's an element of that. And I think that also, <laughs> at the same time, it is a very valid argument to be like, um... Homeboy can change the molecular yeah. structure of things. Why doesn't he just do that? Yeah. And I think you may have been able to explain it like he does see himself as a father to all mutants or even yeah. even maybe as like a Christ-like savior to yes. them. One of the things I didn't like about the movie is, much like The Witch that we talked about earlier, it didn't commit enough to the spiritual things yeah, it wanted to say. Yeah. It seemed like it didn't want to offend too much. But the most interesting stuff was the god complex yeah, that he had. Yeah, I thought so too. And it's the same thing we saw in Avengers Age of Ultron. Yeah. The most interesting stuff Ultron said were quotes from the Bible, but they would figure they would lose the Christian audience. Yeah. Kind of understandably, I guess I get that. But that's the stuff that I really wanted them to explore because, of course, like... That's what we want to see. That's like, defines a lot of, like, his character and his rhetoric mm -hmm. and why he's doing all this stuff. Yes. For both of those characters, yes. by the way. Yeah. And, I, you know, and, like, it's like, of course a, a, like, an evil AI would show up and say, I know I can do better than God because I'm a machine. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm built to be, I'm built to be a perfect thinking machine. Yes. So that makes total sense to me. So, you know, he he gets the vibranium and he's like, this is the rock on which I will build my church. I was like, oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah. That's such a good moment for a villain to have. Like, for a villain to take this idea um, of, you know, an all-powerful creator being that is also all-loving and contort that, I think makes for a very compelling villain. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, Apocalypse has that as well. You know, he feels like a god. He essentially is a god yeah, in the Egyptian line, sense. He has that line, I think, is he talking to Storm? And she's like, who are you or whatever? Or he's talking to oh, somebody. Oh, yeah, he says, I am Elohim. I'm El he's like, some call me Elohim or, like, whatever or Allah. Like, yeah. the different names of, like, you know the a higher power in like these different religions and I was like that's awesome give me more of that yeah and well then... and also his main conflict and the whole reason he needs professor x is because he's not that yet yeah he's not omnipresent and he wants to be and he yep. knows that that's a missing part of his god complex yeah and so the his whole motivation for trying to get professor x is he knows that professor x 
if he got his power, it would make him omnipresent. Yeah. And they don't explore <laughs> that enough. Like, I had to have that pointed out to me. Yeah. And it just, like, it, it, it has these sort of spiritual overtones that it never really... Connects. Connects, yeah. And, I mean, even Brian Singer said in an interview that he views Apocalypse as the god of the Old Testament who's like, love me or else, which that's a terrible misreading of the god of the old testament however <laughs> that all that yeah. aside he doesn't do enough with that yeah it's clear that he does think that way about the character but he just never commits to it enough yeah and i don't know i i kind of wish he would have it would have made for a much more interesting character yeah other things other things in this film had uh i'll talk about something positive i liked uh the quicksilver scene oh, so that good. was so sweet so that good. was amazing like yes. that was probably one of my favorite parts of this film. oh it's the best part of the whole movie. it was yeah. so good and then i was so like like in love with that film uh the whole sequence I went and watched some of the, like, behind the scenes. Like, they have some clips of how they did that and, like, the kind oh. of camera. And it's crazy. Yeah, I've seen that making the rounds. I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. But, yeah, much like Days of Future Past, that's the best sequence in the whole movie. Yep. And I watched the one from Days of Future Past, and it was kind of like, oh, that's cool. But this one, like, I feel like blows out of the water. In the context of the movie, I actually feel like that one may have been the better scene. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of, like, making the it... plot? Kind of, yeah. It, yeah, because in this terms one, of it serving the story, this was just like, well, we had that one in the last one, so we have to have it in this, this one, and we one, have to make it bigger. Yeah, and it was kind of very, like, kind of coincidental yeah. how it fit in. Hey, I'm going to go find my dad. Hey, I showed up at the mansion. Hey, oh, there's an explosion happening. Okay. Yeah. It's very self-indulgent, but yeah, I liked yeah, it either I way. I, I thought it was good. <laughs> Although I tend to gravitate towards movies that are either um, completely earnest or completely self-indulgent. So when it was that self-indulgent, I was like, all right. Yeah. And I thought it was great. Um, the needle drop in that scene was great. I think they picked yeah, the perfect was, thing. That was great. I was like, oh, that song works so well for that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's like representative of the time period, but I was like, oh, good choice. Good yep. choice. Um, I also, it made me laugh that he had a Rush t-shirt on. Yeah, that was sweet too. It's like... Because he's going fast. Yeah, I was like, mm. <laughs> that's like, cute, I guess. I like how, you know, with like it's a little nitpick thing, but with Quicksilver, everyone's just like, he go run so fast, why can't he just like hit Apocalypse and do all this stuff before Apocalypse can even catch him? And then they had like a one scene in there to depict that, you know, he, mm -hmm. he like runs around, hits him a couple times, and then Apocalypse is able to like catch up with him. Yeah. Yeah, and so I was like, oh, okay, you guys, you guys knew people would see that. Okay. Yep, definitely. So. Um... What did you think about Wolverine in this movie? I know some people were super hyped and excited for him, but I don't know, maybe people are going to hate me. I was just kind of like, uh, it's whatever. I feel like I've seen I've seen him in Weapon X like is this like the third time we've seen this? Yes. So I was just kind of like, okay, that's cool. Like I like Hugh Jackman and Wolverine's sweet, but I don't know. It's, 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 like, very clear. Like, you know, they walk into that room. It's like, oh, guess what? I guess Wolverine's in there. Or, you know, yeah. Weapon X. And it's like, that's cool. I mean, that's where a lot of the violence from this film came. <laughs> like, that sequence, I was like, oh, dang. They yeah. are... This guy... <laughs> I was like, wow, this is pretty bloody and pretty intense. But, I mean, it was cool. I mean, I guess, is that going to be our starting point for the next Wolverine movie? I don't think so. I think it's taking place after the last Wolverine movie. 
Really? Yep. Shruggy guy. I don't know. But Hugh Jackman's only signed on for, like, one more film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, then, in the timeline, it has to take place then, right? I, I mean, I don't know. I feel I like don't... Wolverine's gonna have to die in this next movie, because the teaser at the end is setting up for Mr. Sinister and possibly X-23, like, the female mm-hmm. clone mm-hmm. of Wolverine, so... Yeah, that's true. I actually thought the Wolverine scene was kind of stupid. <laughs> um, I thought his costume for Weapon X was horrific. It was so bad. Straight out of the comics, man. It was. It looked like it was made out of styrofoam. Yeah. It, it was really poorly put together. Um, I also thought the scene where he like looked into the camera and like growled was really stupid. Yeah. I I really did not like Wolverine in this movie at all. I was like, he doesn't need to be in here. But yeah, and like he grew his hair out, which I understand because he was part of the Weapon X program, yeah. and like he they kept him in a cage basically. But his hair looked really stupid. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just really did not like it. And then him running into the CGI snow yeah. was hilarious. <laughs> I had to stop myself from laughing so loud during that part because I was like, "What a ridiculous end to the scene." It was insane. I really hated that sequence, actually. Okay, I'm glad I'm not alone. I felt this was kind of like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it's I like Hugh Jackman, yeah, but I, yeah, I, it's uh, it did, I really it didn't, didn't like need that. to. It, also, I mean, like we talked about this on the before episode when we had Aaron on. Doesn't this like mess up with continuity, like? Like, where Logan, like, is left at the end of Days of Future Past. Yes, because the whole thing at the end of Days of Future Past is Wolverine gets captured by General Stryker to go become Weapon X. But the last thing we see before the credits roll is that Stryker is actually Mystique, and she captured him so that he wouldn't have to go through the Weapon X program. But he does anyway! So it doesn't even deliver on the last scene of Days of Future Past. So does Mystique just suck at her job? Apparently! (laughs) I, that bothered me a lot, actually. I was really upset by that. And it's not really addressed in this film. It's not just... at all. At no point is Mystique like, my bad, dude. Like, I messed sorry that about up. that. Yeah. yeah. I really thought I had that one, but apparently I didn't. Nope. It, they don't address it at all. Yeah. It was, I, that was one of the main reasons I hated that. Yeah. I felt like, getting back to more of like the main plot in this movie, I felt like there was a lot of stuff that was, like, referencing a lot of the older X-Men films that I just hadn't seen in a while, and Mm -hmm. so I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that, but it's just, it's vague enough that I'm like, why are you doing that? Like, there's just, like, a lot of, like, kind of callbacks to stuff in first class, or even, you know, stuff that they just assume they, okay, remember from the original X-Men trilogy, like, this thing, we're gonna do this other thing to kind of, like, mirror that, or, like, Mm -hmm. do it slightly differently, and so maybe if I'd seen more of the X-Men films recently, I could have appreciated some of that stuff, but a lot of it just kind of felt like, haven't I seen that before? Did they maybe do that better? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. What did you think about Cyclops and Jean Grey? I actually liked them. Yeah. Yeah. I I liked the character, the actors that they chose for those characters. I thought they did a good job. Um, we'll see what happens in the next one. Uh, that'll be interesting, but I like them. I like. I generally liked all the new characters. There's part of me that feels like I know this is. It's not really like a passing of the torch film, but again, it was. 
I feel like it kind of spread itself too thin a little mm-hmm. bit. Like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like, Age of Ultron, it had the same problem. I like that we get the new characters and we're kind of, like, hanging out with them, but I feel like that's to the detriment of us really fully understanding Apocalypse. Yeah. And I, I don't know where the balance is. It's kind of like we mentioned earlier, like, a new person like Storm shows up and she's really interesting and then she just gets relegated to, like, backseat for, like, the whole rest of the film. Yeah. Until, like, kind of the end, but it's, I don't know, it's like a very loose end to tie up. Like, oh, I guess I'll kind of turn on Apocalypse-ish. Which brings me to the ending. What do, what did we think about the ending, MJ? The, the ending being that the, the X-Men are now the X-Men. Well, the final confrontation, the final battle. Oh, okay. Um, I actually thought it was pretty cool. Um, for the most part, I had some real problems with it. Uh, it's a little boring, Yeah. first and foremost. Uh, the action is very stilted. Yeah. Quicksilver gets to the cool moment we talked yeah. about. I liked that. Um, Magneto is basically ineffective yep. in it. Um <laughs> Psylocke is... Psylocke is also useless. Yep. Um, Angel, a character who can fly, dies in a plane crash. <laughs> and Psylocke, a character who cannot fly... Survives. Survives the exact same plane crash. And none of that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought that was insane. I could not <laughs> believe that Angel, who has wings, was just like, well, guess I die in this plane. Yep. Now. Um, that being said, uh, the climax of the fight is that Professor X goes into Apocalypse's mind and has a showdown with him and eventually calls Jean Grey into that same showdown where Jean Grey becomes Phoenix and disintegrates Apocalypse. Yeah. And I really liked that. I thought that was very cool. I thought it was the best portrayal of Phoenix that we've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I feel like they finally are going to do Phoenix right. Yeah. Um, not Phoenix Wright. Phoenix Wright. But Phoenix correctly. I love the Phoenix Wright game. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, I liked that moment. It was. A, it also was a very good button for Gene's arc over the whole thing. And yeah. I think even in the, and even in the first three X Men movies, like it's clear that she has a very special relationship with Professor, Professor X. Yeah. And this gave a reason why. And we had talked about it in the last episode. I. Don't I've never really read the X-Men comics and I never mm-hmm. really watched the series. So it was finally a moment to understand that relationship yeah. for me. I'm sure that's been plainly obvious to people who have seen the show and <laughs> read the comics. It was not plainly obvious to me. And as a result, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, what about Nightcrawler? What did you think about Nightcrawler? He was sweet. He's teleporting everywhere. Yeah. He's one of my favorite X-Men. So Nice. Uh, what about the final battle? Um... This was another place where I had, like, just continuity problems, um, just in terms of the overall plot. I feel like, <clears throat> I don't know, it just felt like it wasn't really exciting. I feel like the, it, it's cool, like, I understand, like, okay, we kind of get to see that Jean Grey has this, like, Phoenix Force in her, and, like, that's going to be, like, a precursor to what is going to happen in the next film, but I felt like... All of the X-Men fighting Apocalypse and, like, the Horsemen, it just didn't feel exciting. And then I had a big problem when a lot of the the Horsemen switched sides. It didn't, for me, for some of them, it just didn't feel like enough motivation. I mean, we haven't really talked about, like, Mystique's character in this film. It's fine. She does, 
I feel like she's kind of more like ashamed of who everyone is like holding her up as like this pillar for all these mutants and stuff and so whatever. But I don't feel like her speech to Magneto, like when she's with Quicksilver, I don't feel like that is enough to justify his turning on them, like turning on Apocalypse to help them when she's like, we're the only like, we're the only kind of like family you have left. Because <laughs> I don't know, the film doesn't do enough to make me really think like are they really family and this is again where if i had seen days of future past and if i'd watched first class more recently before i went into this film i would remember okay on first class they were all on the same team they all like you know at the end that's when they have like their their differences and you know charles and uh magneto they're like really close friends yeah. i understand that they respect each other's like difference of positions but it just it didn't feel like there was a reason for him to to turn back and like help them. I, I needed a little bit more. And then Storm, it was like kind of because she was like she's like oh that's Mystique and I look up to her and I kind of want to be like her. But it's still like I would have liked a little bit more. Hmm. And then yeah, Angel dies in the plane crash and Psylocke just runs off someplace yeah. because they never even developed her character. Because she has one line in the movie. One line. Yep. I feel like she was just there for like, hey, you know what would be awesome if we dress this woman in this outfit that's very revealing, that's like the comics, and put her in there. Okay, sweet. Yep, problem solved. Uh, yeah, Psylocke was really bad yeah. in this movie. Um, I guess I, I, I see that. Um, you know what I thought was really stupid in the final <laughs> battle? Was Magneto making the X in oh, front of Apocalypse? Yeah. I was like... Oh, come on. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. I really hated that. But what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, like, I like Magneto's arc. I just felt like the... I don't know. That wasn't the resolution I wanted. Mm -hmm. Or I, I would have needed more between either him and Charles or Mystique's character to really, like, warrant that. Yeah. I mean, we, he didn't even find out, like, Quicksilver's his son. It's not even, there's not even, like, an implied, like, he looked at him a certain way and was kind of like, not, I, I, I don't know, maybe I missed that. Was there a look between them? It, I don't think so. I think, it seemed like Quicksilver was trying to get that look in, and then Magneto just ignored it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. I just felt like the final, the final battle was very, like, anticlimactic. It wasn't what I wanted it to be. I feel like... I don't know. It's like you have the four horsemen and then you have like a lot of the new X-Men recruits and they're like mostly holding their own and I'm kind of like I don't think you would be mostly holding your own because yeah. you've been at this school for like what? Like two weeks? Yeah. So I know Jean Grey has like the Phoenix Force but but still. So. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if those are like nitpicks but it was enough to kind of be like ah. It, it could have been tighter on some areas. Yes. And I think the whole battle in, uh, you know, Professor X's mind, I think that was a cool concept. But again, it's like, I feel like if Apocalypse, if his powers had kind of been a little bit more defined, it would have helped me kind of been like, okay, why is, why is this scene kind of happening? I know it's because it's like, oh, he was still connected to him, but is Apocalypse strong enough to just like break out of that mind control and then just go in the real world, go and take Charles, yeah. like, so stuff like that. Yeah, um, so where, I mean, <laughs> ultimately, where do you stand with the X-Men franchise now? 
it's... I, I don't know. Like, middle of the road still. Yeah. I Maybe a little bit more positive middle of the road. It's not like I hated this film, guys, so don't... That's not what I'm saying. It's just... I mean, it's worth seeing, but it's not one of those where I'm like, I gotta go get it on Blu-ray right when it comes out. It's yeah. just... I enjoyed it more than Batman v Superman, so I, if that's a barometer for anybody out there, I don't know how you feel about that film. But, I don't know, it's just middle of the road. The franchise overall, there's been a lot of ups and downs. I think it's on an upswing now, but I didn't see Days of Future Past, and you said that was not good. Yeah, but I'm in the minority on that, so... Yeah. Um, what about you? What's the current state? Uh... I I'm fine with it. I'm I don't know why we need a '90s X-Men movie next, but we're getting one. Yeah. And uh, one of my nitpickiest things about this movie that I don't actually think is a nitpick is uh, 21 years have passed since the events of First Class, and only five years have passed since First Class has been released, and these characters look five years older, not 21 years older. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Havoc is in X-Men First Class, yep. and Havoc is in this movie, and it's supposed to be 20 years later, and the man who plays Havoc is 25 years old total in oh. real life. <laughs> and guess what? He looks like he's 25 years old. <laughs> and, I, like, no one looks like they've aged whatsoever. Moira looks exactly the same. Yeah. She's still just Roseburn, but five mm-hmm. years later... James McAvoy is just James McAvoy, McAvoy yeah. five years later. Um, Fassbender is a little gruffer looking, but not 21 years yeah. gruffer looking. They, like, Jennifer Lawrence still looks, looks the like the, the exact same person. Uh, you know, Nicholas Holt got beefier. That's yeah. about the only difference in Beast's character. I really hate that they make no effort to age these characters up, <laughs> given the amount of time that has passed. Yeah. Um, one of the other things that I really liked about First Class that I think they should do more of is they tied it into a historical event. They tied it into the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah. And that gave it very real-world, tangible stakes that I could understand. I wasn't alive for the Cuban Missile Crisis, but mm-hmm. I know about it. And so I was able to connect that in my brain. Yeah. So it was, uh, like, I, I'm... I, I'll go see more of them. I think it's very interesting that this movie is plagued by a lot of the same problems that Avengers Age of Ultron has, but I like it more than that movie. Yeah. Um, I don't know why. Uh, maybe it's, maybe it's because of expectations. Maybe. Might be because of that. I mean, that's why we started this whole show, and I think this is the perfect movie for it because our expectations were pretty low for it. Yeah. And I came out the other side, like, pretty entertained by it. I, I feel like it's probably the same with Age of Ultron, maybe a little bit less. I just don't feel endeared to these characters enough. And maybe that's because I haven't seen Days of Future Past. I haven't seen First Class in a while. But I just was kind of like, oh, that's cool to see you guys. And that's sweet. But, I mean, the only person I really feel for is, like, Magneto. And a little bit for, like, Professor X and, like, their relationship. Like, you know, kind of like they were brothers in arms and mm-hmm. they've parted ways. But... I did love the little jab at X3 when they oh, came yeah. out of the movie theater. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought it was weird for a movie like this to have a superiority complex for Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe they were like self-referential because they're like, the third movie in any trilogy is not that good. And yeah. This is be the third one in the kind of reboot Yeah, that's true. That's true. I don't know. It was just, it was really weird to me. I liked it, but also I was like, what? It's weird to say that this movie is better than Return of the Jedi because it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
And before we, we wrap this up, uh, Aaron Perlman did text me yes. um, a very small snippet of what he thought about the movie, but he was supposed to be here, and I want him to be represented on the show. Aaron. Um, so he said that he liked it, and uh, he said that he saw it, and he liked it a lot, except it was really violent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is understandable. It was very violent. But, I mean, you go see it. It's it's yeah. fine. Um, I've passed time doing dumber stuff than watching this movie. Yeah. Um, and I've seen worse movies than this. Um I want Brian Singer to stop directing these movies now. <laughs> I know that much. Do you think people need to have seen Days of Future Past to see this? No. Are they going to be really confused? No. Not no. really. I think it's fine. I feel like I just need to go watch that film. I'm, I'm very interested to hear what you have to say about it. Because I'm just so confused. Like, so in this whole trilogy, First Class, Days of Future Past, and now Apocalypse, is it when they alter time in Days of Future Past, do they come back? Back to the same timeline that was started in first class, like that continues on. Yeah, so they come back to ten years after first class. So all the events of first class st- stay like those happen yes. for sure. And so they go back to the seventies. So they go back to eleven years after the events of Days of Future Past. Yeah. So. So essentially, in Days of Future Past, there's there's two time periods that you see, and the one that the one where the idea to fix the timeline that is throughout this whole trilogy is the one that we stick with, right? We don't see the other timeline of, like, we gotta fix all this stuff that happened in the past. We never see that one again. We haven't in this one, Okay. No. But yeah, yeah. so we see it in Days of Future Past, but they don't come back to it ever again. Yeah, so we don't see Hugh Jackman and the old X-Men again. Uh, we do. We do at the very end of X-Men, Days of Future Past. Um, and like Rogue is back, and Jean Grey is back, and Cyclops is back. And in the seventies? No, in now. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't remember how they work all that out, but yeah, it basically undoes all the stuff from the first three. But also, they all know each other still. It's very weird. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I'm. I'm really confused. Yeah. Is it a movie that it did time travel and it did not succeed? Like, it, it's not coherent? I don't think that movie succeeds on any level. So, <laughs> yes. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I feel like I just need to see this. Maybe yeah. Maybe it will give me some closure about... It probably <laughs> will. And I, I mean, I've only seen the movie the one time two years ago and I hated it, so I didn't really commit <laughs> a bunch of it to memory. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it was. It's weird. I don't know how I feel about this tradition of seeing X Men movies I'm not excited for on my birthday, on birthday. every two years. <laughs> but that's what happened with Days of Future Past, and I was like, I hate this. Happy birthday, self. And then with Apocalypse, I was like, I'm gonna hate this. Happy birthday, self. And then I liked it. So. <laughs> and then two years from now, you'll get X Men, Mister Sinister, yep. or Sinister Six. No. What? <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, I think, I think we've kind of exhausted, uh, yes. our talk about X-Men Apocalypse, and, uh, thank you guys for listening. You can find me on Twitter at MJSmith891, and if you do that, uh, Corey <laughs> has started a horrible meme yeah. about, um, about that movie The Shallows and how it looks like an updated version of Jaws. Yeah. And as a result, many of you have been giving me crap about how The Shallows looks better than Jaws. And many of you want me to go see this movie because you actually hate me and don't care about me as a person. So, if you uh, would like, tweet at me 
Um, yes. Hashtag MJ Watches Shallows. Yes. Hashtag MJ Watches Shallows. If I get 50 unique tweets, that means that uh, only one of those will count. So, uh, you know, if you're one person on Twitter and you tweeted me, hashtag MJ Watches Shallows 50 times, that doesn't count as 50. Aww. So it has to be 50 unique people. So find your friends. Go tell your friends. Yep. Or create 50 different Twitter accounts. Yes. If you put the time and effort into creating 50 different uh, Twitter accounts, I will honor that, I guess. Oh, man. So if I get 50 um, hashtag MJ Watches Shallows tweets, I will go and do a YouTube video about the Shallows and go see it when it comes out. Um, the deadline for this is June 28th. That's the day before the movie comes out, so that it gives me time to record the video and uh, <laughs> the before video and, and get it over to Corey to edit and get on the... Uh, on the site or on the YouTube page. Mm. Um, speaking of YouTube, you can find us on YouTube, yep. uh, the before and after show. Corey, where they can where can they find you on Twitter? I, uh, you can tweet at me at Cat in the Hat forty nine and uh, you know all the other stuff. This week on the YouTube page, we did a before episode about Ninja Turtles. Yep, Michael Bay's Ninja Turtles. Yep, but not Michael Bay's. But yeah. really his. Yay, or something. Transformers that transform into turtles. Michael Bay's uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Transformers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well done. Um, yeah, you can email the show before and after show at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if you send an email that also has hashtag MJ Watches Shallows, I will honor that as yes. a vote. Yes. Um, what else? Uh, SoundCloud, yep. iTunes, leave us a five-star review. Helps us climb in the ranks. We would appreciate it very much. Yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for listening yeah. so much and watching our content. We deeply appreciate it. We're glad that you guys like it and you come back every week. Yeah, definitely. Um, and until next time, uh, go watch a movie with a talking goat. Makana-san. Makana-san. <laughs>